give him all the praise today he's worthy of all of our praise yes lord you are awesome god the way maker lord our king of kings our lord of lords we worship you today god worthy of all our praise to be in his presence this morning hallelujah Jesus there's none like Jesus there's nobody who can fix your problems who can answer your questions who can be your friend who sticks closer than a brother there's nobody who loves you like Jesus he loves you more than anything. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, today we're going to go to the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 21 and verse 13. It says, I am in a desperate situation. David replied to Gad. But let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into the hands of man. Hallelujah. In a, David finds himself in a desperate situation. We find ourselves in desperate situations all the time in life. But how many of you are desperate for Jesus today? Because today we're going to talk about being desperate for Jesus. So let's pray real quick and then you'll be seated and we'll continue in the word of the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Anoint my mouth, Lord, that I'll speak your word, God. Touch your people's hearts, God, that they'll be open to receive the word of God today, Lord. And allow us to recognize that you are all we need, Lord. Let us continue to seek after you in our life. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated today. Desperate for Jesus. The word desperate means a feeling or showing or involving a hopeless sense that a situation is so bad as to be impossible to deal with. That is the world's definition of desperate. But we see here in this situation, David understands something about God. This is towards the end of David's life. 
So let's go back to this story. Let's see exactly what's going on here. Let's go to verse number seven. It says, and God was very displeased with the census. David took a census of all of the people in his kingdom. And it displeased God. And then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive my guilt for doing this foolish thing. How many of us have done foolish things? <laughs> we do foolish things sometimes. David, a man after God's own heart, found himself in this situation where he did something foolish that displeased God. Then the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, and this was the message. Go and say to David that this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments that I will inflict on you. How many of you guys have hated it when your parents let you pick the punishment? <laughs> I never enjoyed that very much. You want to get spanked, you want to get grounded. Both of them are no good. How about we, how about we forgive? <laughs> but he gives them a choice here. God being this great God who's gentle and humble and willing to come down to your level and deal with you where you at here's he's giving him a choice here he says you can have you may choose three years of famine three months of destruction by the sword of your enemies or three days of severe plague as the angel of the Lord brings devastation throughout the land of Israel Decide what answer I should give the Lord who sent me. So they present this to David. Now David has served God for years. So David does something very, very special here. Instead, he says here, I'm in a desperate situation. Let me not fall into the hands of man, but let me fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is very great. David had understood some things because David had spent time with the Lord. He understood how merciful the Lord was. He had been in desperate situations before. He had fought a bear. He had fought a lion. He had stood before a giant. All of these desperate situations, David understood one thing. I'm not desperate like the world is desperate. I don't understand desperation the way they do. They say it's an impossible situation that they don't see a way out. But David always knew there was a way out. He knew that I'm not going to be desperate like the world's desperate. I'm going to be desperate for Jesus. I'm going to put myself in his hands because his mercy is great. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel and 70,000 people died as a result. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. And just as the angel was preparing to destroy it, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, stop. That is enough. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord was standing at the threshing floor of Verona, the Jebusite. God's mercy came through. 
David believed that if I'm desperate for Jesus, he can get me out of this desperate situation. He knew that no matter what it looks like at this time, I know I messed up. David didn't blame it on anybody else. David made the mistake. The consequences that he was dealing with were of his own cause. He caused it all. But he also knew that if I find myself in this desperation and I turn that desperation towards God, he will give me the need. <laughs> yes, we should learn a lesson from David today because we can count on God being merciful. We can count on God making a way where there don't seem a way. When I find myself in the desperate position that I put myself in, there's only one answer. There's only one way out. And it's Jesus. Can we give him some praise today for that? Can we thank him for being a way maker? Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Let's go to another story of desperation. This time it's coming from somebody who isn't David. They haven't had this ongoing relationship with God. They haven't seen him come through time and time again. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Verses 14 through 27. And we're going to see a situation here of somebody who didn't know God's greatness. Who didn't know God's mercy. But he found himself in a desperate situation. As they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. And when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe. Oh man, every time I feel God's presence, I'm overwhelmed with awe. Him coming into this room today to spend time with us should fill us with awe. To know that when we're in a desperate situation, He still knows our name. He still knows exactly where we are. And they ran to greet Him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. And one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. When he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out this evil spirit. But they couldn't do it. So here's a father who finds himself in a desperate situation. I don't know if I really understood God's love until I had children. I didn't really understand how you can love something more than yourself until I had children. I love my wife. I die for my wife. I give anything for my wife. But there's something about your child that you, it's connected to your heart. I, I can hurt myself. <laughs> we went out yesterday and had a good time cleaning out stuff. And I came home with some scratches on my body. And there, my wife and my family were like, where did you? And I said, I, don't, I didn't even feel it. I didn't even notice that. But when my son gets hurt, I felt pain in my body. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but I can look at him and I can feel his pain. And this is where this father is standing. I don't know what I can do to fix my son's problems. I don't know what I can do to make his life better. But I feel the pain 
of what he's going through. I can feel the pain from my son. And he's looking for an answer. So he hears, okay, there's these disciples. And they're doing amazing things. They're casting out spirits. This wasn't their first trip. They had cast out spirits before. So he knew, if I can, if I can give my kid to them, maybe they can make a difference. Maybe they can help me out of this desperate situation. But they couldn't. But they couldn't. But they let him down and they left him still standing there in the middle of that desperate situation. I know in my life, I've turned to men of God and I've looked to them to help certain situations in my life. And sometimes they've let me down. Sometimes they couldn't fix my problem. They, didn't, they couldn't speak into it the way I needed it. But God will never let you down. God has never not been able to answer my questions. He's never not cared about my situation. He's never just left me in my desperate spot. But he always finds a way out. So Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? Jesus connects it to faith right away. He says, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? Oh, Jesus, you got to be with me forever. you got to be with me forever. In every situation that I'm in, I find myself in a desperate situation. Please never leave us, Lord. Please never let your spirit move out of this place. Because if we ever get to a point where we think we don't need Jesus, that's when we finally have no way out of any situation. That's when we find ourselves as the world defines desperate. Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but then the evil but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell on the ground, raving and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, since he was a little boy. This wasn't a full-grown man going through problems. Since he was a little boy, he's been dealing with this problem. And this father's heart's been broken. And he's been looking for answers. He's been trying to find a way. And there was no way. He even brought them to the disciples. And he's still standing there with this problem. And we can go through the Bible. There are plenty. This whole book is full of stories of people who find themselves in a desperate situation. That we've got stories of women who spent their money on all the doctors and they still had problems. We have problems with blind people who cried out and their friends told them to be quiet. All of these desperate situations, one after another. And the only answer to all of it was Jesus. He was the only thing that could fix all of these problems. Have mercy on us and help us. The Father says the Spirit often throws him into fire and into water, trying to kill him. There are spirits in this world that are trying to kill our children. And that's a desperate situation that you better realize that you're in. And the only way out of that 
is to find yourself at the feet of Jesus, to ask him, what can I do, God? How can you fix this problem, Jesus? Because he's the only answer for this question. And here he says, have mercy on us if you can, Jesus. And right away, Jesus asked him, what do you mean if I can? That's a little bit different between David. That's a little bit different. David was raised in this. He walked with God. He did mighty things for God. He didn't have, the priest didn't tell David. David told the priest, let me find myself in the hands of the Lord, for there's great mercy. But this dad didn't know that. He hadn't slain a bear and a lion. He hadn't stood before a giant. He hadn't watched it fall at the name of God. So he finds himself asking Jesus the question, if you can. He finds himself defining desperation the way the world defines it. Of not seeing a way out of a situation that is so bad that there's no way for you to have an answer for it. So he asked, if you can. And Jesus hits him with it. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus is going to stir his faith a little bit. I don't want you to wonder anymore if I can. I want you to stand up and declare like David did. I'm the only thing that can. Jesus is the only way. He's the only answer. He's your situation to fix. Nothing else is going to solve it. Yes, Lord. We thank you for having our answers, Lord. We thank you for loving us and reaching down and taking care of us when we put ourselves in a desperate situation. And Jesus tells him, anything is possible if a person believes. Oh. If a person refuses to be desperate from the world's definition. If you believe that there has to be a way out of this situation. I can't be desperate and think there's no way out if I know and I have my faith in the one who makes a way where there seems no way. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit right there. Jesus helped. Jesus helped his unbelief right there. He said, okay, you believe? You got a little bit of unbelief? Let me wipe that right out. Let me show you that I'm a way maker. Let me show you that I'm a healer. Let me prove to you that I'm a good God, that I love you, that I want to make your life better. Let me show you. So he spoke and he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you to come out of that child and never enter him again. 
Never find yourself in a desperate situation again. Never will this boy have to go through that again. Never will his father have to feel the pain that he felt before. All because Jesus spoke. And because he finally believed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God, for being a good God. For being a God who loves us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Then the Spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. And the boy appeared to be dead. Now imagine being this father. Here you are, you're in this desperate situation. Now you finally think you're out of it. And here your boy is laying there dead. Did this desperate situation kill him? Did this desperate situation finally come to the end that I never wanted it to come to? And a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. He's dead. Everybody spoke it. Hey, he's dead. He's gone. But Jesus took him by the hand and he helped him to his feet and he stood up. In that moment, not only... Did God heal this boy? He fixed the situation, but he gives us an amazing representation of going from death to life. Not only am I going to fix your situation, not only am I going to help you here in this life with the problems that you're going through right now because I love you, but I'm also going to take you from death to life. Hallelujah, Jesus. And later in Mark chapter 11, Jesus gives us a little hint to this situation. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. And I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it. Mm. And he spoke to the mountain. Jesus spoke to the evil spirit. He commanded the spirit to leave in the name of Jesus. We have to speak to the problems in our life. It's time for us to command some of these bad situations to leave our life. In the name of Jesus, it does not have a place in our life. Did Jesus take all the curses on the cross with him? He did. So there's some curses in our life that we don't need to hold on to, that we need to speak to and say, get out of our life because I know the way maker. I know the one who's merciful and his word promises me that he'll be there for me when I need him, that he won't leave me in my desperate situation, but he'll lead me out. He'll show me a way. But you must really believe it. Really believe it. We can't stand and wonder. We can't be like the Father and go, can you really? We've got to know. We've got to believe. We've got to put our faith in Jesus. And it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. Now there's the difference. 
The father said, I believed. He had belief, but he also had this unbelief. David believed. David didn't have the unbelief. He had seen God perform miracles. He had seen God make a way. So when he got to that desperate situation, he knew the only answer is Jesus, and Jesus never fails. Jesus will never let me down. So I can let go of the doubt in my life, and I can hold on to the faith because I know he's a way maker. I know he's not going to let me down. We've got to get to that point in our life where we hold on to the faith and we let go of the doubts because I'm not going to be desperate like the world. I know there's a way maker. I've seen him work miracles in my life, in your life. How many people have seen him do miracles? He still does miracles, right? So we don't have to be desperate like the world. I don't have to worry about the things the world's worrying about because I'm desperate for Jesus. He's the only thing I'm desperate for. I'm not desperate for anything else but him. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe, you will receive it. It will be yours. If we can get to a point where we're only desperate for Jesus. We've been going through some crazy stuff in this world. You know who's been fine in the process? Those who are desperate for Jesus. Those who aren't saying, I don't see a way out. I know the way out. I'm not worried about what's going to happen because I know he's got me and his mercy is great and he's never going to let us down and he loves me unconditionally. He'll be there for us till the end. Hallelujah, Jesus. You guys can come sing. I'm going to let you guys get out of here soon. But before we do, we're also going to look at one more situation. There was two men. They lived during the time that Jesus lived on the earth. They lived in Jerusalem, but they didn't do everything right. They didn't find themselves in a place of faith. They didn't follow after Jesus. And we know that because they found themselves in the hands of judgment. In Luke 23, verse 38, a sign was fastened above his head with these words. This is the king of the Jews. And one of these two people, one of them, was a criminal hanging beside of him. And he scoffed at Jesus. So, you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. So there's, there's two men. They've heard stories about Jesus. They've heard about him in the town. He's popular. Everybody knows, but, but they're not making the right decisions. Neither one of them are walking in faith. And both of them find themselves at judgment. And they're hanging there next to Jesus. Both of them are in a desperate situation and one of them 
chooses to take all of that pain and all of that hurt and all of that that he's going through and he turns it towards Jesus. And he says to him, hey, if you're the miracle worker, if you're the way maker, then why don't you save yourself and me while you're at it? He didn't believe he could do it. But he said, why don't, why don't you prove it? Why? And how many times in this world I've had friends who find themselves in a desperate situation and instead of crying out to God and knowing he's the answer, they scoff it. They stand there and say, well, Dan, if your God's so powerful, then why can't he heal me? Why can't he lift me up right now? Why can't he fix all my problems? Maybe that's because you're scoffing him instead of believing in him. Because you've got it in your mind that you're in a desperate situation. That there is no way out. And nobody can fix your problems. And nobody's got your answers. So why not scoff? Why not make fun of? Why not pick it? And, and then if he's God, he'll prove it to you. But that's not what happens for this man. But the other criminal protested and said, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? Don't you fear God in the middle of your desperate situation? Won't you cry out now? Why are you angry with the one guy who can fix your problems? We deserve to die for our crimes. This guy got it. We deserve this. We're not getting what we didn't deserve. We were criminals, right? We broke the law. We knew the price. And now here we are hanging, paying for our price. We deserve it. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Jesus hasn't done anything wrong to you. He hasn't hurt anybody. He doesn't want to cause anybody pain. All he does is good. All he wants to do in your life is good. He doesn't make rules so he can punish you. He makes rules to protect you. He doesn't do things in your life so you can sit back and laugh at your misfortune. He plans for your good. And we put ourselves on the cross. We, we deserve it. We put ourselves in these desperate situations and then refuse to turn to the one person who could let us off, who's full of mercy. But then this man, he turned and he said, Jesus. He didn't have, he didn't have the faith to say, God, Take me out of my situation. Fix all my problems. You know I deserve it. I've been a good guy. He didn't say any of that. He could only muster enough faith to say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I don't, I, God, I don't deserve mercy. I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve to be let off this cross. I don't deserve how good you are, Lord. But please, just remember me 
When you come into your kingdom, when you're standing there in your glory, when you get everything that you deserve, just remember me. Hallelujah. That should be the cry of all of our hearts. Remember me, Jesus. And guess what? He'll never let you down. He'll never forget you. He knows where you are. He'll always remember you. And he turns to this guy and Jesus replies, I assure you, I promise you today, today you will be with me in paradise because you believed because you found yourself in this desperate situation and I was who you turned to you didn't just say there's no way out you looked to the way out and today everything's gonna be different today everything is going to be different. We can find ourselves on the cross. We can be a scoffer. We can complain. We can act like we don't, like Jesus. Well, if you were real, God, I wouldn't be here. Or we can find ourselves where we say, Jesus, just remember me. Just remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's all I need, God, because I know that you can make a way, Lord. I want to be desperate for Jesus. I don't want to feel desperate like there's no way out. I want to be desperate where I know there's a way out. John 6 and 66, Jesus was teaching and he taught something that was too hard for them to believe. And it says here, at that point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. They couldn't understand what he was talking about. They couldn't get it. So they turned and they left him. They were like, we're done. And then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom should we go? Where else can we go, God? Yes, we're in a desperate situation. Yes, I find myself not understanding. I find myself thinking this is hard for me to bear, God. This is a bad situation that I put myself in. But to whom else can I turn? Who else is going to have my answer? Peter got it. Nobody else. You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One. You are my way out. You are the one who can make things different in my life. You are full of mercy. That when I'm on the cross that I built, you still can have mercy on me. You still can let me down. You can make a way, God. I'm not going to be desperate like this world no more. I'm going to be desperate for Jesus. Stand with me, if you will. He's never let me down. He's never let any of us down. We let ourselves down a lot. We find ourselves putting us in bad situations. But He never lets us down. 
And if we can go from the place of saying, I believe, Lord, but I do still have some unbelief in me. I do still have a little bit of that, God. I know, I know you can make a way, God, but I don't know if you love me enough. I don't know if you care about my problems enough. I still have that little bit of unbelief that I can't get rid of. There's a God who wants to prove to you that he will make a way for you. He wants to get rid of that doubt in your life and he wants to fill you with faith that he's the way maker. That when you're desperate in life, instead of being desperate for nothing, be desperate for Jesus. He's your answer. He's your way out. We're going to open up this altar tonight. We're going we're gonna to allow you guys to come together. Today, the Bible tells us when two and three are gathered together, He is in our midst. That's why we come to this altar. You can sit right where you are and Jesus will come to you. He loves you. He's committed to you. He'll be there for you no matter what. But we come forward so that we can partner together. So that maybe a little bit of my faith will wear off on you. Maybe a little bit of your doubt can be let go today. When we realize He's in our midst. The way maker. The one who made water come out of the rock. The one who fell at him in the wilderness. The one who is there every time we needed him. He's waiting here for you today. There are some people who are in a desperate situation today. Let's pray with them. Let's change this situation from being a desperate where you don't see a way out to where you see the only way out. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to recognize that you are our only answer, God. Thank you, God, for being our way out. For allowing us to come to you in our problems that we create. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you Yes, Come on, forward. Come pray with me today. Come meet the way maker. Come meet the one who can turn your desperate situation into a new life. Who can raise you from the dead. Who can solve your problems. Hallelujah. Let's be desperate for Jesus. Light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, you're the way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Who you are?